everyone. Welcome to episode 24 of Creases and Corners podcast. Today I am talking with local comic book artist David Duke. He is quite well known in his area and he is very talented at what he does. If you ever needed anything done on a blank cover, he's definitely the person to approach and ask about it. He is very easy to approach and he's very reasonable in his pricing, as you will find out throughout this particular episode. Anywho, not a and anyway, without further ado, here's the episode. Enjoy. Go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of Creases and Corners podcast. Today, I'm talking with David Duke, who is a local comic book artist, and he is quite skilled at everything that he does. He did a he did a cover for me for my comic book for The Walking Dead, and he is quite talented. Today, we'll be talking about everything that he's been doing with that and a few other things as well. So welcome to the mic, Dave. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm uh, I'm awake. I can say that. I'm good. Oh, so you've had your coffee. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Actually, I never drink coffee. I only drink tea. Oh, that's funny. I worked at a coffee shop for 15 years, and I never drank coffee either. I only drink tea. I mean, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. If you give me, give me a cup of hot chocolate, I'll drink that too. So, you know, I'm good with hot chocolate. Yeah, hot chocolate's pretty good. I like hot chocolate. Yeah, coffee, I've just never been a fan, but I know a lot of people swear by it. Well, that's because they're probably sitting there with the jitters the whole time with a shaking cup in their hand. Anyway, (laughs) okay, so let's let's get started. And uh, as always, I start at the beginning of everything. Now, you've been doing this for the longest time. What was your first experience with drawing? And did you take art classes when you were in grade school, high school? How did you pursue all of it? Well, that's a lot of questions, isn't it? All at once. Um, so yes, what was the first part? When did I when did I start drawing? Well, obviously I started drawing as soon as I could hold a crayon, right? So, you know, just like most kids, we all drew, right? Yes. But you're obviously a lot more skilled at it than I am, and I can draw as well as some people. I tried when I was in art class in high school. I took it as part of a rotary program because they take you and they put you into one class for two weeks, another class for two weeks, and then another class for two weeks. So that was one of the things I had to take in high school. But at the same time, I wasn't very skilled in that area. So I had to just drop it and say, okay, I can't pursue that. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, the call got dropped for a minute there. So um... I missed uh, what you just said. Can you repeat? When I was in high school, they gave us a sort of a rotary program and they gave us two weeks of music, two weeks of art and two weeks of drama. And that was how they introduced you into those programs. I took art class for whatever amount of time. I'm, I'm saying two weeks, but it wasn't two weeks. You get the idea. But that was one of the things that we took when we were in high school. I never really pursued it because I didn't particularly care for that because I wasn't very skilled in that area so at the same Mm -hmm. time I'm obviously you are a lot more skilled in that area than I am so tell us how you so you say you started drawing when you were a kid you know those little crayons but when did you find okay I want to pursue this as a passion as something that I feel I can make it to a little bit more of a career ah well career is one goal um but let me just say I think I started started taking it more seriously in grade school when I was uh, always spending all our time after school and on weekends with uh, Mike Delisle, I believe you know him. Yes. Um, we would just sit there and and draw comic book stuff every day, every chance we could. You know, we were always drawing. Um, but I mean, I started getting 
better, I would say, in high school. Um, I took, of course, five uh, art classes at, in high school because you can take five, but I was also part of WCCA. So I took many art classes there, like drawing, painting, sculpture, you know, and, and such and so on and so forth. But um, I, I originally uh, decided to go to college, right? You know, like most people, um, college or university, but I thought college would be better for me because I heard of a program in um, Oakville and it was um, traditional animation, right? And it was uh, something I had never done before. And it wasn't like I wanted to do animation, but there's no college course around here for drawing comic books, right? So the closest thing I could get was animation. So I applied and went to Sheridan for traditional animation. So that's like the flipping and drawing of like actual each frame. Does now, that make sense? Yeah, now, mm -hmm. now how, how long were these courses and how many did you take? Uh, for animation? Yes. It's a three-year three program. Um, it is at the time, which I didn't know, uh, it was the most uh, renowned program in the world at Sheridan at the time. Um, second only to one that was in California, but it, Sheridan was the place where Disney would hire their animators, right? When they came out of school or whatever. And at the time there wasn't things like DreamWorks and all that. And that all came out after. And like, we were still not even really doing computer animation. We were still doing things by drawing things by hand. Um, computers were just starting out and getting more and more into it. But um, it's an extremely difficult program to get into. Um, and it's extremely difficult to graduate from because they they may, they take like say like 200 students in the first year, but only 30 people graduate. So you don't really, you know, they only keep the best of the best in that program. Now, is there a certain requirement to meet to get into that class? Say you have to have a certain set of marks. You have to hand in a portfolio ahead of time. Did you have to, you know? Oh yes. Did you, did you have to submit all of this prior to even getting into the class? Was that sort of your submission to mm -hmm. get in or how did that work? So, let me explain. There's a couple of things I'm gonna to explain to you. You have to submit a portfolio. Now, the portfolio is graded say like from one to 10. Now you would think that if you got a five, that's a 50, that's a pass. So therefore you would be eligible to graduate. But depending on the number of applicants each year, a certain number is ascertained for anybody with this number or higher is actually going to get in. And I believe from what I remember, ours was an eight or higher. So you actually had to submit your portfolio and get like an eight or higher to actually get into the program. Now, let's also say this, when you're in the program, they, most, most schools, a 50 is still a pass, right? When you're yes. in school, in our program at, in Sheridan, a 60 was a pass. So anything lower than a 60 was a fail. And that was just the way it was. Also, you take like multiple pro classes, right? But in this program, if you failed one class, you were kicked out of the program. That's harsh. <laughs> yeah, it was extremely, extremely stressful and very, very difficult. Now, over the, over the course of the three years that you were there, how many different elements did you learn? Did you learn anything with computers or was that just sort of something you learned after it was already done or how did that even apply to you? 
Well, there was no computers in our program. Um, and at the time they said, if you get hired somewhere, uh, they will teach you how to use a computer because it wasn't, it wasn't as um, commonplace. Cause you have to remember when I was going to school, it was like in the nineties, right? So while we did have computers, it wasn't, it wasn't like as an easy access to have for the everyday home. So um, yeah, so we didn't touch computers. Computers I learned afterwards. Now, which one do you prefer as a medium? Do you prefer to use the computer or do you prefer to still do things by hand? What's your personal preference? Um, if I wanna make money, uh, depending. So here's, here's the way I, I look at it. Um, computers are better for me to make money overall, right? To, for production quality and being able to get things done. But if I want to make something like a one of a kind kind of thing for someone, then I prefer to do it by hand. Now, when it comes to your commissions, how many do you do a year? How many, how long does it take? And how, what, what was the most intricate one that you remember ever doing that somebody said, okay, I want all the bells and whistles. I want this thing to look as though it was printed off a computer, but I want it done by hand. <laughs> well, um, typically like if we're talking about like commissions, like when I do like a sketch cover or something like that, and we're doing most of it now, like I've changed from when I've done, did yours, like yours, I was just starting out. I think yours was like the fourth or fifth one I've ever did in my life. Right. Um, and now I'm like getting closer to like around 200 that I've done. Um, I would say typically they take me anywhere from two to six hours to do. Um, and I would say the most difficult, you know, it's tough to say because they, I think they all have their own challenges. Like no matter what, if someone says that, you know, we, they want like five characters, like the one guy wanted, for example, um, can you draw me as plastic man? My wife is wonder woman, my dog as green lantern, my other dog as black canary. Right. And I, I did that. <laughs> so like, that, oh, that must've been interesting. It's fun, but you know, but if someone just wants to say like, just draw me um, Batman's face, you know, they both can be just as difficult and time consuming depending on the level that you go into it, right? Now, when you do these covers, do you take inspiration from other artists that are in this particular medium? Do you say you take something from say a Bill Sienkiewicz or a Darwin Cook, or do you just kind of put your own little spin into it? Um, I think no matter what, I would say that I just do what I'm told uh, because I will always ask the clients, like, um, what style do you want it in, right? And I don't feel like, like a lot of, a lot of artists have their own style. Um, I tend to just be a chameleon. So I will, I will just do things in styles that they like, you know, so a lot of people like more like with the markers kind of studies, they want it more like a, like an Alex Ross watercolor kind of thing or gouache is what he uses at times, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. No, I was just, um, I, let me just point this out to everybody who listens to this. I felt so bad. I asked him to do a cover for me. I forgot to pay him and I I still wanted to pay him the day he gave it to me. And I just felt bad about that. And I really wanted to just make note of this. I apologize profusely. <laughs> I feel so bad about that. No, but it was it was years. Like I didn't even see you for like about two or three years later, right? So. Well, that was that was partially my fault. I mean, I was I could have walked by your table, I could have paid you. I didn't realize 
I mean, I kept calling Mike and I kept saying, oh, what's going on? I didn't know. And I felt bad. And, oh, well. <laughs> no, we just lost touch and that's fine. You know, I kept a hold of it all those years, just in case I run into you. But, and now, I finally did. Now, now, do you do anything outside of Windsor when it came to the cons or do you just stick locally? Because I'm trying to figure out if you've traveled outside and have you met anyone that you said that said to you, oh, wait, I really love what you do. And I want to, you know, do a little bit more with this kind of thing. Um, truthfully, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm going to be honest. Um, I have anxiety attacks, right? Oh, dear. In, I'm sorry. In, in large crowds. So I tend to just stick with around here. Um, so okay, when I'm I didn't mean to open the can of worms. I'm so sorry. No, no, no worries. <laughs> So I like to just stick around here. The furthest I've gone there right now is Chatham. Um, I'm contemplating going as far as London, Ontario, but I, I don't know, like if I wouldn't know if I'd ever be able to do something like a large city like Toronto, you know, with that many people, I would, I would just be like claustrophobic. I'd be like, there's too many people. There's too many people, you know? Uh, um, I, 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 I did not realize this folks. I am so sorry about that. I didn't. Oh, no, no worries. I, I just, when I ask a question, I never know what the answer is going to be. And therefore, I am sorry that I, you have anxiety attacks. And I feel bad about that. Oh, That's, it doesn't happen all the time, but it, it can happen, right? So, Well, uh, you know, I mean, I, ha I had a hard time when I was growing up. I mean, if some of your kids, you're collecting comic books and, you know, you're in large crowds and you get all flustered and confused and you can't find somebody. And you're saying, well, where am I going? You know, so you get a little turnaround. I can understand that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Now, when you're when you're at these cons, I'm just saying, and locally, have have any of the panelists, such as maybe the celebrities or the, the guest speakers, have they approached you and say, "Oh, I I collect comic books and I want to get something done from you"? And how did that go? Um, like from an actual panelist, for example. Yes. Yes. Like, say, like um, the other day, I posted a picture of like Tyler Maine uh, that I did as of Sabretooth from the X Men. Um, no, typically I, I find that they're too busy as is before they don't really approach too many people, but I will tell you a story in just a second. But um, I would say, you know, it's what I like to do is like, I try to get like, draw some, if I know like certain celebrity guests are coming, I'll try and draw them as their characters so that um, I can get them signed or somebody who buys it gets it signed, you know, um, this way it adds value to it. You know, it's like, I got, you know, you know, the Star Trek people came and I drew them and they have like a photo, you know, with the, like a drawing with their signature, on, which adds to it. But um, the one time I did do something is, um, do you know the, um, the actor who plays Colossus? No, I don't yeah. think I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> so he was at the, the con, he basically for in the Deadpool films, that Colossus that is. Um, and he was at, at one of the cons and he was kind of across from me and I was selling some actual comic books as well. Cause my, my father, um, my father had this collection and one of the books he had was, um, the demon number one, which was by Jack Kirby. And, yes. you know, I was selling it and, um, and he left his table and came over and, and he bought it off me because he wanted it. And so I was like, that's cool. So after he did that, I was just like, you know what? I'll be back. So I took off and I went around to the different like little vendors trying to find an X-Men blank. 
And I found an X-Men blank and I bought it. And then I went back and sat at my table. And then I just spent like maybe 20 minutes, but I drew a really quick Colossus. And then I went over to his table and I gave it to him. And he's just like, what's this? And I'm like, you know, it's like, this is for you. So I gave him it to him as a gift and thanking him also for buying the comic book off of me. Uh, that must have been an interesting look and say, okay, uh, you're bringing me this book, but uh, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, uh, now, based based off of the, the number of since this since this whole crisis started, and I'm guessing things have been a little bit on the rougher side. What have you been doing since 2020? Since this all craziness started, what have I been doing? Um, a lot of work, actually. I've been more busy since like the pandemic began than before. Like I've, you know. I've done so much more art during that time, like during this time, that is compared to before, you know, it's like, there's just so much, like I have a number, a never ending commission list right now. You know, I think I'm, I'm booked until mid February with commissions from people. Oh dear. Maybe it's a good thing I got in when I did. <laughs> oh, you got in way before them, but yeah. No. Um. Okay. So now do you yourself buy a book and say okay I want I go to someone else and say to them I want you to draw something for me or do you just kind of say okay I'm going to draw I'm going to buy the book and then draw it myself now or or have you done that where you approach another artist and say I want something from you instead of something from me um yeah no um I've gotten one uh commission done um but I mean I didn't really want it I just I actually want it so yeah I won in a contest so you know I was just like oh well that's great so yeah I I don't tend to go and and buy original art from other artists and I I don't know if that's not being you know supportive of the community but I just I find that I, I I like an artist I buy a lot of their work already like their comics and stuff like that I don't need to own their original stuff you know who did you um, who, who did you happen to get the sketch done by in this contest that you entered? <laughs> should I say? Should I say? No. Um, I don't know. It's, that's up to you. I'm not. I'm not pressuring anyone. I, I'm sorry. I just dropped something. Um, Scott Hanna. Okay, I actually got something from Scott Hanna a couple mm-hmm. of years a couple of years back uh, before all this craziness started. He uh, had a yeah. Spider-Man sketch. That he that he did, I, th- I think it was by computer, but he signed it, so he, he has signed the picture, and I was mm-hmm. sitting in front of him. And if anyone wants to argue with me about that, I'll just look at them and say, "Nope." I was sitting right in front of him when he signed it, so I have proof of that. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's a really nice guy. No, I got um, I got Daredevil done actually by him. It was really nice. Okay. Now, do you prefer classic Daredevil or modern? Um. Depends. What what do you mean by classic? Like the yellow costume, or do you mean like? No, well, by, by classic, I mean yeah, the, the, the yellow costume. Or do you prefer the modern day Matt Murdock with the red, you know, from the TV series, kind of that Daredevil? Oh, like yeah, a darker kind of version. Um, I prefer a darker Matt Murdock. I prefer a darker Daredevil for sure. Now, 
when it when it comes to all of this, do you watch any of those movies, say the the Daredevil or the or the Marvel or any of those from that particular universe, or do you even say, okay, I, I don't really can't be bothered by it? Oh, I watch them. Yeah, of course. Now, okay, for anybody who hasn't seen any of these movies, what was your, there? There maybe there will probably be a little bit of spoiling ahead. What was your favorite? moment in any of the Avengers films? Oh, the Avengers films, huh? Because hmm. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of hours of, of film there because okay, there's well, so well, many. We, we'll just stick with Endgame then. <laughs> no, I, I, I was going to say like I already have like kind of like a favorite kind of scene in a sense and I think that, you know, but Okay, let's say Endgame. All right, so that's the very last one, right? Yes. I well, obviously, I think my favorite is just that that rush when you know he's there's there, and all of a sudden the portals start opening and they all start coming back. You know, I mean, it, it's it's just it just felt so good to have them, you know, back. I know it sounds kind of weird, but for me, that emotional scene between Spider Man and Iron Man, where he was. You know, where they finally connected and and they just they got they got together on more than just a, a superficial basis in terms of friendship. And I said, mm-hmm. I said, you know, and, and and that worked really well for that situation. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, I I hate to even bring this up because there's a whole lot of scuttlebutt going on around this particular subject, and I normally don't bring up this particular type of situation, but there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, crap being thrown around on the internet about uh, spec market. What do you think about that? Spec market? What, can you explain what spec market is to you? Well, spec market to me is basically where somebody speculates on a book that they think might be up and coming about some particular character in this particular book that they feel might be either being a movie or a TV show, but there's no concrete evidence of that actually happening. So they're just thinking that it might be the case but there's no actual evidence of that even being remotely the truth right so they're they're looking at it and they're saying this is going to be a tv show or film someday so when they when they're speculating right um are they is that trying to drive up sales of the comic is that what you mean well there's there's a lot of people who i'm not kidding you that literally that first week so say the the books hit the shelves on wednesday that, Mm -hmm. that that same week those books will be on selling on eBay for you know fifteen to twenty dollars, and I'm thinking, how could that possibly be the case when the book just hit the shelf less than twenty four hours ago? So you're telling me that on the Wednesday, by that Friday that week, that book is already selling for two or three times that cover price, and that doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense to me. So why would anybody think that would even possibly be a remotely good book to purchase? If I'm going to purchase a book that I feel is worth purchasing, I'm gonna go after something that has already proven value to it. And instead of something that's just new that week and then, you know, it's hot one minute and then next thing, you know, it's as cold as a fish the next. Right, I get, I get what you're saying now. So, you know, I think like, when you look at something like uh, Stray Dogs, for example, as a, as a book. Like yes, I think, that's, that's more recent. Yeah, and, and I think their number one book, it, it shot up in price like crazy, did it not? Yes, it did. And it's it's not that like what are the, how many issues are they at eight now or something? I maybe stopped, I, I don't have that collection, but yeah, it's about you know, that. But I mean, when 
well, oh, we have the internet. We can always look. Okay, so <laughs> I'm just going to look real quick. Comic nope. collecting. Well, no, because they always have to put out a population report for anything that's on the CGC or CBCS. And oh, do they? I, yeah, they mm -hmm. put out population reports, but that's a that's a business practice that you have to adhere to because you can't just say, oh, this book is selling for so much money. And then all of a sudden now put out a population report and people think, oh, it's as rare as say the earth was made out of gold and you find a clump of dirt and all of a sudden everybody would be fighting you for it. You have to put in a population yeah. report to say, okay, there were 100,000 books printed and there are, you know, 3,745 that are CGC 9.8 or whatever that case is. You have to put in a right. population report. You can't just put out all these numbers and not have anything to back it up behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's what yeah. that's what's happening with the video game market right now. That's crazy. I, I don't know if you've heard about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just for example, okay, Stray Dogs is like, they're only at five issues. So it's been five months that it's been out. And the, the current number one, the like no variant, no nothing is worth $30 already, yeah. you know? Yes. Um, and that's, that's, that's quite, quite good. So I think where the, where the dilemma starts to come in is that people flipping books as soon as they rise up in price. And I think that's where people are getting upset. It's like, you know, people are buying stuff and then the price goes up so much and then they sell it right away. And I think that's where people get are getting kind of miffed at, at that for people doing that. And I think, you know, people who do that, it, it's fine. You know, that's completely fine because if the book is worth $30 now and you paid like $3.99 for it, you know, you're making money that's great. And that's because like in about 10 years, it's probably isn't going to be worth $30 anymore. It'll probably go down to like $5. It's just because it's hot at a time, you know, it's a, it's a kind of the market you have to do, you know, like a lot of characters, like if a film comes out about them, all of a sudden their books start to rise up in price, you know, their first appearance or whatever. Oh, but see, but for, for, for me, I know that when I purchased my Spider-Man 129, I knew that that was already a proven property. So it wasn't as though I was buying something that just came off the shelf less than 10 minutes earlier. You know, I was yep. buying a proven property at that particular point. And that's a mm -hmm. lot of people who are buying older books. So, well, even Action Comics number one, which is incredibly hard to come by. But if a CGC 9.8 ever came to the market, which it probably never will, it could easily sell for over $10 million and not even batting an eyelash at it because there are very, very high number of fake copies out there because of the paper that was printed on. And because mm -hmm. of the fact that they reprinted that same book in 1974 and anything purchased prior to 1974 would have been safe, but everything after 1974, they were taking the covers and swapping them out. And it was just a whole big mess of things. Yeah. I mean, especially with our, our capabilities now, you know, like if you have the same type of paper, the same type of ink, the same type of press, you know, if you got paper that was like from that time period, it's not impossible to replicate and create a counterfeit, you know, but I mean, the ethics of that is, is, is horrible. I mean, but I, I'm sure that there's, there's ways to, to, check the the date on the ink like kind of try and find out was that ink used back in like 1930 or was it you know something that was just used last week you know what i mean i'm sure there's a way to find out about that i just don't know what the methods are i 
never really looked into it too much. I mean, I watch a lot of Antiques Roadshow, so you pick up a few things every now and again to find out what's real and what's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Now, now uh, wait. Oh, crap. I forgot I was going to ask. It must have been a lie. <laughs> now, being, now, now, being that you're an artist, has anyone ever said, oh, I want you to draw me something from a book instead of you drawing on the cover? Say they just pick a random picture and say, OK, I want you to do this, but in a larger size. Or, or does that even come up? Oh, yeah, that comes up all the time, because especially with things like the sketch covers, mainly a lot of times people are like, can you draw, you know, Wonder Woman from the first film? This scene here, can you draw this exactly? And that's a lot of times what happens, right? It's like they want this actual, you know, moment to be captured on the cover. So that's that's probably my highest like request, actually. And I don't, I mean, I have no problem doing that, you know, replicating work like that. You know, it's not like you're replicating actual the same artwork. You're replicating like a, a film still or a photo from the film. So. No, no, no. I, I, what I mean is, instead of instead of drawing it on a cover, has anyone said to you, "I want you to do, you know, a, a six by eight or an eight by ten or something a little bit larger that you don't normally get asked to do?" Oh yeah, I, I've had to do that for sure. You know, and that's that's fine. I mean, you just have to have the right materials. You know, um, I don't think I've drawn on anything larger than eleven by seventeen though. How long would it take you to do an eleven by seventeen? Do you know? Um, depends what it is, right? Like, um, is it going to be like a, a massive scene? You know, like no, no, no. Just so I, no, I think I'm, what I'm asking is more or less just a, a rough estimation, not so much the scene, but just how long ballparking, how long it would take for you to draw that particular situation. Well, to draw it and ink it, I would probably say, you know, about sixteen hours. Um, and then if I had to color it, like, you know, it might take, you know, another four to six hours. Now, I know I, I know I shouldn't be asking this, but how much extra would it cost for a full color as opposed to a regular just black and white? Um, I generally just charge the same. You know, I know a lot of people charge more for color. Uh, I think that it's fine. You know, sometimes I just bump it up a little bit but I don't I don't feel like like I think I think feel like the color is is it doesn't take that long to a lot of times you know and it's easier just to just to say you know what just just give me an extra 20 bucks you know or something like that like I wouldn't like go oh it's another 200 dollars on top of that kind of thing because I know someone who shall remain nameless who charges a lot of money for their original artwork. And I don't know that they're all that well known, but then they looked at me and said, well, I'm charging for my time and money and all the materials that I have to use. And I look at them and I said, well, it's a nice drawing, but I'm not paying $600 for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I th I'm for thinking, sure. I mean, if you're an established person and everybody knows who you are and it's a lovely drawing, okay, then $600 isn't out of the question. But if hardly anyone knows who you are, then don't be asking me to pay for something that I'm not that interested in. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's there's ways to price things. There's like you can price things by the hour, or you can or and or you can do value based pricing. Now, here's what the difference, and I'm going to explain this. You know, some people, 
it takes them no time at all to draw something. They can draw really super fast, right? But say they're they're pretty amazing, you know, or even some, let's just say somebody who's really experienced, like a Jim Lee. If he's going to draw Batman, it's going to take him, you know, pencil and ink, whatever. It, he might spend an hour and a half where somebody else might take eight hours to do the same thing. Now, if we were charging by the hour, is it fair that Jim Lee's work be chart, you know, say he was only charging like 20 bucks an hour, that he only charges 40 bucks where the other guy can charge like 200 and something because he took longer, you know? I don't, I, like that, that hourly based pricing model doesn't really work out in the end. You know, it's not fair to somebody who's faster um, at, or to do something that they would make less money. I think it's gotta be done on a value-based system. And the value is, is basically, you know, how good the work is. And of course your popularity as well, right? If you're an unknown, you have no popularity. So that doesn't factor in, but you know, you should kind of value the work based on like an approximation, like find somebody who's, who's selling stuff that's, you know, similar to your quality and see what are they charging and what are the, what's acceptable where they're actually, where it's not just st sitting there, but you know, where it actually sells. That's my thoughts. You know, have you ever run into someone who you felt was charging an unfair price and what did you think about it? Um, I don't know if I say anything is unfair, but I mean, I've seen a lot of really bad work that people charge way more money than I do. And I, and I go, I don't really say, oh, you shouldn't be charging that much. I'm like, man, I should really be charging more, you know? But I'm, I'm fine with my prices when I give people their quotes, you know? Um, and I'm also of the mindset where I don't make people pay up front. I'm like, I'll do the work for you. If you like it and everything goes well, then you can pay. If you don't, then I'll keep it. Plain and simple, right? I really, I really feel... I, I really I really feel you should have made me pay a friend because I never paid you and I again I feel bad about that and oh. I I feel as though I cheated you so no you didn't cheat me that's fine let's, let's put it this way you, you, you heard it here folks the next time I, if I run into you out in public I'll buy you a cup of coffee <laughs> tea or, or tea or whatever I, I'll, I'll buy I'll buy you something at Tim Hortons or whatever or Starbucks I'll buy you some tea and I will pay for it yeah <laughs> it's all good I don't know how often I would run into you in public, but hey, if I do, I will definitely be sure to buy you some tea. Yeah, it's harder to run into like into people in public because I don't know about you. I know a lot of people are starting to go out, but I'm still very hesitant to go out. I like I go out only if I need to. You know, well, I, I, sometimes I just go out to get out of the house because you know if I want to go buy a video game or if I want to go buy comic books or if I want to just leave. Mm -hmm. I, sometimes I just need to go outside and say okay i need some fresh air but i can understand yeah mm -hmm. now based now based off of everything that you've done so far where do you feel that you're going to be in the next five to ten years in terms of your work and do you want to become a, a really established artist such as a jim lee or bill sankevich or darwin cook or uh you know an alex cross or who, who or whoever do you want to be known as that or Alex Ross I'm sorry or, no, do, you, no problem. Mm -hmm. or, do, or do you want to just say okay I'll stay here local or do you want to just expand kind of what, what, what's your overall plan 
my overall plan. Um, to be honest, you know, most comic book artists, they, um, and I feel like, it, I feel sorry for them because they work themselves to death just to get one issue done in a month. You know, the amount of work that they do and they are paid so very little for the most part, right? Unless you are a big name, you know, it's it's really, it's really, to me, I, I, I wouldn't be able to survive off that. And I wouldn't want to be under that kind of stress to, you know, draw that much, you know, by the end of the month and, you know, without books being late and such. So I wouldn't go for it unless, you know, it kind of came my way. Like I wouldn't put any effort towards really trying to get there. Um, but I wouldn't say no to it if it was if I was given the opportunity, um, because to be honest, I make much more money doing my other job, you know, my current job, like yes. where I where I can bill um, clients, you know, like Pepsi, you know, three hundred dollars an hour, for example, as opposed to like, oh, I'm going to do a drawing for somebody who uh, is local, you know, where I'm going to charge them, you know, oh, I'll give maybe a hundred bucks for, you know six hours worth of work or something where opposed to like, like I just said, like billing clients, $300 an hour. So. Mm -hmm. I think I got into the wrong profession. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> and no, it's funny. I was talking to Dan Perrin uh, probably about probably last year. Um, and he was saying that he, he went to that, uh, he went to a school in New York. I can't remember the name of it right now, but he went to that particular art school in New York and he was saying that it was really hard to get into that class for one thing. And then once he got in and he's been doing this his whole life. And, but he was saying to me that, yeah, you were mentioning how being an artist, you really have to branch out. And sometimes you go to those cons, you have to, you know, do those sketch drawings and sell them to a number of people just to get that extra little bit of money that you could, you know, scrape together because you're always under that constant oppressive, oh, you have to get it under that deadline. Mm -hmm. yeah it's a lot of pressure for sure now obviously you don't seem to let the pressure get to you so how do you handle that when if you feel it's a little bit more than you can handle at any given point or am i asking you that oh no no that's fine now that that depends are you talking about when i'm doing comic book drawings for people or are you talking about my my actual job no no just no, just in just in general in terms of either your actual job or your comic book drawings how, do you ever feel that okay how, just you know take a step back take a breather you know take mm -hmm. a few minutes yeah um what i like to do is take naps well, that i know that, that i know it sounds bad but it's like when there's a really big deadline and i'm getting stressed out and even though time is of the essence I find that if I just take a nap and then come back to it, it just it just flows better. I don't know why, but that's just the way it goes. You heard it here, folks. You're feeling stressed, just take a nap. Set the timer for 45 minutes to an hour. You get to go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, so all right. So now I will give you an opportunity to plug yourself for any of your social media or wherever you're gonna be appearing next in terms of the next con where we're that may be, I have no idea because things are always up in the air at this particular point, but I will give you an opportunity. So you have the mic, so plug away. Okay, well, I mean, the, the simplest thing is like, 
I mean, I have many social media channels, but I think it's always easiest just to tell people to go to the website because then they can pick whatever social media they, they like if they want to follow that way. But my website for my comic book stuff is duke.gallery. So it's just D-U-K-E dot G-A-L-L-E-R-Y, right? Am I saying that right? No, you're <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to say is, even though I don't have this kind of posted just yet, um, my next appearance is going to be... Oh, you hear it here, folks. At, so this is an exclusive. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it, my next appearance is going to be at eSpectacle. And you're going to go, what, the, what is eSpectacle? Yeah, right. I have no you, idea what it is. Right. So if you go to eSpectacle.ca, um, this is a new con that's happening in Windsor. And it's going to be taking place on November 5th and 7th. And it's going to be the size of Windsor Comic-Con. It's going to be huge. And it was just announced on Friday about it. And the tickets actually aren't even on sale until 8 p.m. tonight. And they, okay. they, still, they haven't announced anything yet. But um, I, know, I know quite a few guests that are coming, but I can't say who they are. But well, no, obviously... Don't spill the tea. I mean, if you're not allowed to. Yeah, but it, I mean, so eSpectacle.ca, yeah. So that's going to be on the 5th and 7th. Now, here's the, the kicker about this. Because we are in this pandemic kind of mode, um, even though this is going to be huge, it, I would say if anybody wanted to go to it, get your tickets early because I think there's going to be a cutoff for how many people can actually go. As opposed to like, you know, you can usually go to a convention and you can even pay at the door. I think that you can, there's only so many tickets that are allowed because they have to keep control of how many people are going. Oh, well, that makes you sense. So like, if you did want to go, like get your ticket as soon as possible, I would say, rather than wait until, oh, I want to see what, how many guests are coming or, you know, kind of thing. Well, actually, it falls right around my birthday. My birthday's on the 4th. So the next day, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, um, I know Cartoon Kingdom is part of it again, kind of thing. Oh, so, so, you can buy so can you buy tickets from Cartoon Kingdom? Well, tickets aren't on sale till 8 p.m. tonight. So I don't know. I, I don't even know if they're going to be doing physical tickets this time because of the whole nature of the pandemic, right? I think I, they I, need to be okay, I wasn't I was sure. I didn't know. Okay, yeah, I just I figured I'd ask. I... Count. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know where exactly this is taking place? Sure do. It's going to be at the Holiday Inn and Suites, the Ambassador Bridge one. Okay. On Huron Church. So it's it's pretty big inside, actually. You know, and instead of just being one hall, it's like multiple things. And I know that they're also having a whole outdoor part where like you can go outdoors and there'll be all these things for sale outdoors or things to do um, as well. well. Well, that sounds fun. Mm hmm Okay, so... Okay, now I, I, I've decided to add this one little thing just for you. Don't mm -hmm. worry, it's, not, it's, not, it's, nothing, it's nothing serious. Hold on. Darn it, I gotta get my phone up and running. <laughs> okay, so what I'm gonna do is I'm going to, let's see if I have to find it first. Darn it, where is it? <laughs> I can't find the darn thing. Uh, there oh, it is. Oh, I, I found it. Okay, so. What I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set my timer here for one minute and I'm going to ask you a bunch of rapid fire questions. These are all just basic, simple 
don't have to really think too hard about them. These are all just generic questions about you. And then I'm just going to see how many you can answer in the next minute. And if you want to do the same thing to me, that's fine. I will be happy to do that. <laughs> okay, so, all right. so, so we're getting started and away we go. Okay, so favorite color? Green. Favorite book? Um, the Little Prince. Favorite movie? I'm going to pass because I have new favorite movies. I'm still debating. My old favorites are, as things have changed, it's not fair. Well, okay. Well, just give me your current one then. That's fine. Um, let's say my, my current favorite superhero film is, is going to be Wonder Woman. Okay. Favorite meal? Pizza. Favorite breed of dog? Um, this one right here. She's a Boston Terrier. Oh, she's, oh, she's cute. I can't That's even it. get the camera on her. There she is. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. I didn't even see her there. Yeah, she's okay. on the desk. Mm -hmm. Okay. Favorite uh, favorite hobby? Drawing. Okay, and we're plumb out of time. Darn it. Okay. Correct. Okay, well, you know what? That's okay. Thank you so much for being on the mic with me today. And I will definitely look into going to that little event at the Holiday Inn. It sounds, it'll, it sounds to be a lot of fun. I will mm -hmm. definitely have to wear a mask to go to that because I'm pretty sure that's still going to be a mandated, mandated thing. Oh, anywho, yeah. anywho, so anybody who wants to go to that, uh, buy your tickets while they're available. As David was saying, there will probably be a cutoff of everything that's going on right now. And if this had to been the case, then I'm pretty sure they would have just allowed everybody in and that wouldn't have been even an issue. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... And if, and if you want any commissions done or if you want to visit his uh, gallery, just go to his dukegallery.com. No, no, it's, it's, it's duke.gallery. Duke I'm sorry, duke.gallery. Or you can also follow him on Instagram, which is, I believe, at dukeart. Mm -hmm. And he's, a, he's, he's, quite, he's quite the nice guy. And he's easily, easily one of the better people that I've come across as far as artists are concerned. And again, if you have any other questions or concerns about his art, feel free to message him on any of his social media platforms and everything will be easily answered. I'm pretty sure he's a very busy person considering he's got everything booked up until next February. So I wouldn't be asking him to do too many commissions right now. <laughs> I don't mind putting people in a list, you know, as long as they're willing to wait. Yeah, that could, that, that could take a minute. <laughs> Alrighty, well, thank you so much for being here. And I will, as always, see you on the mic. Until next time, bye, folks.